him. All right. <clears throat> Ta-da. Ready? Yeah. You going? Welcome to Instructions. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Mm-hmm. I'm doing pretty well. Gulp. Doing pretty well. Got to say, like, end of last year, last, last half of last year, wasn't feeling super great. Feel pretty good. How so? Like physically? Like you got coughed due to cold? <laughs> no. Oh. Just, I don't know, just overwhelmed, overworked, mm. putting too much pressure on myself. Just tired, you know, needed a break. Vacation was really good. We talked about that yep. last time. But um, that was good, and I felt really good since we've been back. So Good. Yeah, it was a good thing. Cool. I wanted to show this, because if you're not watching... Bowl. Well, that didn't work. If you're not watching, you can hear me slam this thing down on the table. Man. That <laughs> that's like the size of the wish book. This is, I don't know, not quite three quarters of an inch thick. This is the instruction book for the Lego Ideas treehouse set. And I'm showing it to you because the tree is not on the table anymore. I'm done with it. And this is going away. I'm surprised that it's one book. Me too. Usually they split them up. That's yeah. a catalog. Yeah, that is. It wraps big. around the binding. It's really nice. Seriously big. But anyway, that's done. Going away, and here's the giant box for it, in case you... That's a big... Ah. <laughs> um, what are you going to work on today? Uh, one of the sets I was... I didn't get a set to prepare, but one of the sets that I had before was this fun little airplane, but it's a three-in-one set, and I've never done the other two possibilities in a three-in-one set. I have not either. So I'm going to tear this thing apart, and I'm going to build one of the other things. It was an airplane. It's like a bi-wing. Kind of looks like an old Corsair, where the wings kind of like dip down, and then there's a very angular, sharp break back up. So now I'm going to make a helicopter out of this airplane. I have a box here. Yeah, you got something in the mail. Priority and mailbox. I asked you what you were going to make, and then you just laughed maniacally, so I'm not sure what's in this. This is not going to be interesting to you, as interesting as it is to me. I bought a vintage Lego set. Okay. A set that I always wanted growing up. Growing up. How did they package? And I haven't opened this box yet, so... Ooh, you got the peanuts, or the Cheetos, the packet Cheetos. Yeah, you can eat those. Sure. sure I guess you can eat anything, but... Yeah. Those are not going to kill you. So this thing... Trying to get... I thought it would be easier to get into the package. Oh, my goodness. It's a bag in a bag. Ooh, I see space. Yeah. Vintage space. This is the... Um, I'm trying to think of how... It, Galaxy Defender with modular monitoring station. Cool. This is... Oh, come on. One of the ones that I really liked growing up. And uh, I found... You know, you can find all these old sets. Mm-hmm. Ah! Look at this. Look at this. That's fun. Super cool. So... This is this big ship plus this thing. Oh wow! I don't think it has the little one in it. That seems like too much. That's like, it's Benny and the and the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this is the originals. The yeah, no no blue guys actually. All yellow, orange, and and white. I mean yellow, red, and white. So when we made that uh, really large Lego walkie-talkie that controlled the Twitch stream, Ew, look at that. as a project video. Is that textured or is that just no, gross? No, that is discolor because it's old. Oh, it's probably sitting, sitting in, in a window. Yeah. 
And we busted out a bunch of your old Legos that are in the ping pong table that we're recording on. Mm-hmm. People were like, quit acting like those are real. You got those the other day. Because they had recently came out with a collection of those multicolored astronauts because the Lego Movie 2 came out. Right. A bunch of people were giving us crap about it. Yeah. Those were mine from late 70s, early 80s. MySpace, that the generation that, not MySpace, but like the generation of the <laughs> space Legos that I grew up with were the ones that had like the neon antennas, like the first generation of those like those transparent oh, yeah. neon yellows and oranges and mm-hmm. had the, the black and white suits. See, these right here, oh my goodness. Oh yeah, the little that bazooka should, looking that thing. Should be that white. should be white. And that, the inside of it is. It, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> it looks like it's made of vanilla. Yeah. Weird. That's strange. Uh, so mine are not this discolored. This is kind of weird. I mean, I knew it would be used and probably dirty and stuff, but like that, that has definitely been sitting in a window for a very long time. Yeah, I've tried to scour eBay for some vintage, like retired sets that I wanted to make, and they are not cheap. No. Even the ones that are out no. of the box or out of the bag or like are, you know, don't come with all of the pieces. There. It's Yeah. And a lot of them will have all of the correct pieces, but not the original pieces. Oh. You know, um, and those are a little bit cheaper. This one was a pretty good deal for what it was because I found this same set st- still opened and stuff, but, um, and it was, you know, 150 bucks or something. This mm. one was a lot less than that. But it, this is one that I never had growing up. I had the, the quintessential, like, blue and gray spaceship, mm-hmm. like Benny's, the one that that's all based off of. I had that one. But I never had this one, and this one's like the blue and white uh, kind of big big guy. Oh, here it is. Yeah. That's what I should have been showing you. That's the picture. This is from 1983, it says on the package. So, year before I was born. I was, uh, I was in the kind of prime of Lego right there. Whoa. Hey, now. Stay out of my stuff, man. Yeah, These are back. vintage. I don't want any of your new Lego in here. It would stand out. It definitely would. It's the wrong yellow, or the right yellow, I guess, depending on how you look at it. It's got a cool plate with the little thingies. I used to love these plates. I used to want so many the of base these. Plates yeah, the, the base studs. plates, so you could you could put them all together. And mm-hmm. I remember I had, I still do, had like two road sections, straight roads. Yeah. Super boring, but man, look, I got two roads, and I can build buildings on the sides of them all the way down. So Did cool. you have the carpet with like the little buildings and the roads you could play cars on? Had a little rug uh, in my room. My mom made a, like a, she sewed a blanket that had that, and she put stuff on it, like oh. roads and everything. And so I could put all my Hot Wheels on it and yep. just like pull it up, zip it up. Um, so we got a little feedback from our our Rise of Skywalker show. Did we? I haven't seen any. Uh, I saw a couple that were... I know that you just keep saying that I hated it, or pretty much... <laughs> You hated did. me in that light. I said I wasn't a fan of it, but again, I, I wasn't angry. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I tried to like it, and it didn't care that I tried to like it. That's all. Yeah. All right, we got some good feedback from it. So that's cool. Talked to your mom at lunch one day, and she listened to that episode, <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, everything you guys thought was going to happen, you were wrong. You were way wrong. <laughs> yep. I'm like, oh, yeah. We definitely were, and that's okay. Uh, there is some interesting stuff that we were talking about a couple days ago. There's rumors. You know, I love rumors. A lot of rumors about there being alternate versions of the movie uh, that may or may not be released, like extended versions with more story explanation and stuff. I kind of don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Or I think if it does happen, it's a money grab, and it's not going to add anything substantial to the story. 
Yeah, like I told you before, I think anything that they released that would make a substantial change to make it better would also create a canon problem for them mm. to where you have one version that kind of does this thing and one that does this thing. So to avoid that, they would only extend scenes. And if there's not going to be like a big story change anywhere, like to a, a different, totally different cut, then it is a money grab. It's just a... Maybe they'll have... Uh <clears throat> an obnoxious scene with some alien singing a song and dancing. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. That's what everybody wants. One monitoring station. Right, I can scoot all these up so I can start working on this little car, dude. Um, so what's been going on? Anything new? Anything interesting? Since last we spoke. That was yeah. before Christmas? Well, I mean, no. we, we spoke at lunchtime, but yeah, it was yeah. last week. Since we all, <laughs> the collective we... Um, not a whole lot. I got a weird commission the other day to build some stuff. Uh, my brother is in the Navy, and he asked if I can make a going-away gift for people, which is pretty typical people in the military. You spend some time at a place. You leave, you get a little plaque that says you were at this place, so you can put it on your I Love Me wall. Have we talked about I Love Me walls yeah, before? Yeah, I think okay. we have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, I've got a CNC. You've got lasers. Like, what do you want? He's like, I want a mini pool table. Okay. He's like, is that even possible? And I'm like, yeah, of course it's possible. <laughs> Everything it, is possible. It was Whoa. the one, like, I've had that feeling before. And I think with anybody who does what we do kind of has that feeling temporarily or, you know, uh, periodically. But this was one of those times where I, like, kind of giggled to myself. I'm like, of course I can I literally make anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whatever silly idea you have, it's just whether or not I think it would be fun or worth my time and effort is really the... The deciding factor. Yeah. It's not am I able? It's do I care enough about whatever this idea is to actually use my time on it? Yeah. And that's not a pompous I can do anything. That's just to like it's amazing that we have the capability to Yeah, it's a superpower. Yeah. Because I mean someone usually will come to somebody else in a commission because they don't know how to do it themselves or they don't have the time to do it themselves. And it was just really it made me kind of proud. I'm like, yeah, I I can literally do whatever you want. Mm Mm-hmm. And he, made, he pitched this pool table idea, and I had a bunch of walnut left over from the that Maker's Mark box. It was mm-hmm. already kind of milled up, and so I built it in the evening after dinner. I was like, oh, that was not that hard. <laughs> Hopefully, it's going to make an impact on somebody that you know they'll like. It was, it's a personalized gift for this one particular person who I, I assume was really into pool. But <laughs> Maybe like swimming, and yeah. you misunderstood <laughs> the entire thing. <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> No, like a table he could swim on. <laughs> He's got green water. Gross pool. Yeah, silly little things like that. Like I was just really, I was kind of proud that, you know, my brother had anybody would just like, hey, I, I know you make stuff. And I don't think he fully understands that like, yes, I can do literally anything. Right. He's like, is this even possible? Sure, man. What's wild about that is that anybody can do anything. They just don't realize it. Yep. And that's you know where I mean? we come in. Yeah. We can help you discover that. Because I would say before working here, like, I I have the ability to solve a problem. And that's what I was really keen on. You know, whether it was, like, a design idea or improving a process or whatever. But it wasn't so much, like, having the knowledge that I could make an idea tangible regardless of what it was. It was that I could help fix a problem. Hmm. But I think... Now, after being here and having to solve all of the little problems that will definitely eventually lead to tangible results because we have to put something out in the video, 
it's like, yeah, I, I can now complete that circle where it's not like I have an idea of how to make this better. And that might've been where it ended. Right. Like you can complete the whole process loop and go like, yeah, I have in my head, the, regardless of the, the ask, like, yeah, I could see how this could go together and then turn around and look at the stuff that I have or the stuff I have available to me and go, I could use that and that and that and that, and let's do it right now. Hmm. And I think it's really fun to be able to have the resources or to be have the, you know the skill set to complete that very uh, academic sometimes understanding of of a problem or the best way to solve a problem. Right. Not to be a good idea fairy. That's what we used to call that person. <laughs> well, I think you should do it like this and then walk away. One little car done. Well, that's cool. Oh, that was fast. Yeah. Um, and you're done with all of your Christmas doggy thingies that yes, you were doing. Yes, I was very happy to be done with those. <laughs> and I think this is my, I was talking to my brother and I was telling him all about this stuff. And I was like, oh, these people want, you know, Christmas ornaments of their dogs. And so I make them. And he's like, oh, that's neat. And he's got a dog. I know his dog. And I'm like, oh, I should make one for them. And so we got some Christmas gifts for the kids and I just kind of threw it in the box. And he opened it up. He's like, this is amazing. How did you do this? I was like, oh, I I could tell you the entire process. It still won't make sense just to know that I made that because I'm good at making things and I wanted you to enjoy it. And then that begat this thing. And he's like, well, if you're willing to make going away gifts, and this is not the first time someone, especially in the military, because they usually want something personalized or something very custom to a person. Uh, I've made many going away gifts for many different people. And I just think it's kind of funny that it's not just like a, you know, thanks, Jim, or thanks, Lieutenant Jim Bob for your service at this place. And it's on like a card. Now he knows it's like, wow, like the whole gamut of ideas is open. Yeah. He can make anything. So I can think of anything. Yeah, exactly. Make like, it. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that might backfire. Yeah, and I told him this because <laughs> I was like, well, like I love you and all, but do you have a budget for this? But because, not that much. <laughs> like I knew when I was in the military, usually you would collect a fund or you would have a small fund from like selling snacks and junk. We call it the fridge oh, fund right. for like when people leave, there was a budget somewhere for it. And I'm like, well, what's your budget? Cause I know it's not just my brother paying for this. If that was the case, then I would help him out. But if it's, if he as a representative of the Navy is paying for it, I'm like, I know you guys got some money yeah, somewhere. And he's like, well, this is our budget. And I'm like, well, I'll do this for you because because we're cool like that. I'm like, but if this is a habitual thing, then we could probably talk about something a little more manageable. Right. And so having, I think, that conversation up front, especially when you're making, so you get your stuff out of my pile. I, they're rolling. <laughs> I can't help it. Especially when you're making things for other people, like setting expectations. And my conversation is always like, I'm, I appreciate you thinking of me. Now let's talk. Like, what is your budget? What is your scope? What is yeah. your timeline? Like those three things when you're making stuff for other people is paramount because if any one of those are off or you think something differently than the other person, then it could be pretty catastrophic for what you're doing. Yeah. And in this project, he, he was talking about pens. Like he wanted the holes in the pool table to hold pens. And so I wrote him and I was like, so what size pens? And he was like, I don't know. Whenever you make them, just like, you know, put them in there. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on. (laughs) We didn't talk about me making pens. Like that's, that but you do that, right? It. Yeah, I and mean, I can. I'm like, but that was not part of the brief. And that changes a lot of things. He's like, oh, okay, well, never mind then. Hmm. I'm like, well, that in itself, like if that was just a, a person, their expectations and my expectations are off and it creates conflict. And so yeah. Right. 
I know you've created things for other people, but you you kind of vehemently don't do that anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think it's kind of fun. If well, it's worth if it. if it's somebody I know that needs a thing, like my sister in law, we made the map cabinet for her. She asked oh, yeah. if we would make one, mm-hmm. and if it's like filling a need. Then yeah, of course I'm, I'm happy to make because I don't have room for much more furniture in our house. Honestly, like I, I'm not going to be able to continue to make stuff for us because there's no place to put it. Um, but that gives me a way to kind of flex that muscle and problem solve stuff for other people. I don't want to do that for the general public and just for like oh, yeah. commission work because I don't have to, and that's a certain amount of hassle that I just don't want to have to deal with. But you know, for people I know who need something, I'm happy to be able to. Help out if we can. What is that sound? Oh, it's like wind. It's so windy outside. I'm hearing stuff like blow around. This is kind of weird. Uh, looking at these old instructions. Oh, whoa. They're very different I, from new instructions. Yeah. That's a blast um, from the past right there. That's fun. It's kind of weird. And even just the construction method, uh, I, this one little thing that I've done so far, I think would be done very differently now. Because this is stacking up flats. Oh, instead of overlapping? Instead of overlapping mm. things. and I think that would be the most fun. If we huh. could go to Billund, go to Lego headquarters, and just like talk to people. Yeah. I bet there's like the person in the corner that's like, oh, I, I developed you know, the, the weird overlap or whatever kind of method they call it. That right. now is just like a, a process that Lego has in their system. I think that's extremely intriguing to me. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, this is kind of weird. Look at that. Oh, the, oh! you have two pieces that have different branding on the front. And they have different backs. Okay. Can you jump in on this? <laughs> so anybody who's into Lego. This is like the, the penny that's a little uh, off that you're not going to pay a lot of money it's, for. It's too white. Exposure's too crazy. All right. See the back there? One has a little... Well, it's not in focus. One has a little slot in it or like a, a thin piece. And then the front... There we go. The Lego branding is the old school and the not current but more recognizable. Interesting. So they filled you got this a piece rare in with piece a, right there. Huh? Somebody didn't know what they were giving you. Do all the studs still say Lego on them? Yeah. Yours just has a different font. Weird, huh? I guess I'd just kind of forgotten about that fact. Anyway, I digress. Um, so I had kind of an interesting thing going on with my kids, one of my kids. Yeah. Um, one of my boys, all of a sudden, and we can't figure out if something triggered it or what, but all of a sudden has gotten um, unnecessarily worried about our safety. It's... This is strange. This is like a an inside family thing that I wouldn't normally talk about, but I don't know if anybody else has gone through this, where he's he's like worried about something happening to us, and I don't know oh, if it's he's like you as a family or you and your wife, or uh, yeah, Jenny and I. Hmm. Like he's worried that something is going to happen to us, and he'll like lay in bed at night and worry. This is not a kid that worries a lot, and then he'll get up out of bed to come make sure that we're okay, and we're like sitting on the couch watching TV and something. And he's, like, Hmm. upset. And I don't know if it's, um, you know, he's getting close to his teenage years, and I'm wondering if it's hormonally stuff is happening inside of him and he doesn't really understand that his 
emotional ups and downs and stuff have something to do with that? Maybe he's just like, I feel kind of worried or sad or something, and it must be because whatever's on my mind right now, that happens to be my parents. Hmm. I don't know, but... Did you have maybe like a something happened to a friend's family? I don't know. We've asked him all they the questions that we can think to ask him. Divorced or illness or something? I don't. I don't know. And we we're like, you know, did you see a movie that like got you thinking about loss or about somebody being gone or? And you know, he said a few times like, um, like I worry about you guys getting super old. Hmm. And so it's almost like he's he's hit that maturity point where you start to realize like, Oh, like people are going to get old and I'm going to lose them. And I just now realized that eventually not everybody's going to be around. Maybe. Hmm. He's 12. Yeah. I just came to that realization as a 35 year old. I know it's, I mean, I've had that kind of come in waves throughout my life. Usually when I've lost somebody, Mm -hmm. it's like impresses that on you that, Oh, yeah. (laughs) You take stock in those around you. Exactly, yeah. Hmm. And so I don't know that he's had anything, an event that has triggered that in him, but it may just be he's, I mean, he's a 12-year-old boy. He's not mature, but he's maybe maturing past some little step forward. That's the only thing I can think about. Um, And we've had tons of conversations with him about it. And, uh, you know, in our family, uh, we pray about a lot of stuff, especially when stuff is going on, we're worried or upset. And so we've talked about that to him, and that's brought up a whole different set of conversations about um, what good that does. Ooh. Which has been really interesting. Um, And this is a kid who believes what we believe. He is a Christian. He has made that decision on his own. Uh. And so it's not like he's he's questioning any of that stuff, but he's at a point where he's worried about something. He's asking us, asking God for help me not feel this way. And we're telling him, I wish I could, but I can't change what's happening inside your heart and inside your brain. I can't mm-hmm. do that. I can just reassure you. And then he's praying about stuff and not feeling in an in a immediate response, uh, an immediate change, and then that makes him question, like, am I doing something wrong? Oh. So it's it's been good because it gives us a chance to talk about our lives with him in ways where we've gone through similar things. And, we and like, I don't know how I would have brought that up otherwise. Right. But at the same time, like, I'm saying, like, I, you, you just have to wait. I'm sorry that you don't feel right. And I'm sorry that you're worried. You don't have anything to worry about, but I know it's there. I know it's real. I'm not trying to discount it. But you can't do anything about it other than just try to realize that it's not reality. Like your worry, your worst case scenario is not truth. It's not now. It's not here. And you just have to try to realize that that worry doesn't do anything. It doesn't help you. It doesn't solve anything. It doesn't make things less likely to happen, you know. And so it's been several nights. It seems to kind of happen near the end of the night when he starts, I think when he slows down enough to, like, start thinking. And I, I don't know. I I guess it's just, like I said, it's, a, it's him beginning to mature to a point where stuff is settling in a little more and he's letting himself think about things outside of himself. Maybe that's it. Hmm. Maybe that's part of it. Kids are so selfish 
not not because they're bad, just because they don't realize that there's much outside of themselves. And that's a conversation I'm having with my son. Really? Lately. Yeah, that in particular. I mean, he's having, I, get, I think, the opposite to where he he's now able to verbalize, like, I wish I didn't have a brother and sister because they annoy me. Mm. And that very, like, closed-minded, very selfish thought. He's like, I didn't ask to have a brother and sister kind of thing. Hmm. I'm like, well, that's great because it's not about you. And the same thing, like, uh, we are a, a Christian household also. And so it's like, well, I didn't really decide our family setup. Like, right. physiologically, I kind of did. But I didn't really, in part of my grand plan, there weren't three of you. Hmm. So we have to play the hand that we're dealt. Right. And I think along the same lines, uh, I, you know, I've had those same feelings that your son has had. Again, I had them kind of later in life. And that that thought or that worry that something potentially could happen, the risk of something bad happened, but the results of those hazards and that risk being catastrophic in your mind. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, I think that there is, there's an healthy in-between about self-preservation, making smart decisions because of a, the threat of a, of a scary outcome, or having that be completely debilitating to the point where you don't want to do anything. Yeah. Or you hold things so close or you're afraid to take a step that because of something that may, could potentially someday maybe happen. Right. And I remember when I was deployed, um, that same thought about like, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm angry, I don't know what's going to happen. The threat uh, and the risk of something catastrophic happening are very, very high. Uh, you can pray about it, but you don't really, it doesn't make you feel better in that tangible moment. Right. I think that's a big thing. And I think a lot of people that may not have that kind of relationship with their faith think that, you know, I pray, therefore something should happen. If it doesn't, it's because you're either doing it wrong, like like he's thinking, or that God doesn't exist. Right. And I think that it prayer is not like a customer service line where you're supposed to get immediate support for your help. <laughs> yeah. it, it, again, is a, a relationship. And I think in those moments where the catastrophe or the threat of something terrible happening in my mind, it, I came to a realization, and for me, I, I don't think it was a healthy one, was that, well, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen, so I guess I just really don't care. And hmm. I kind of, I found some solace in apathy, or hmm. like if there was the, the risk monster or the threat monster or whatever, if there was a, a physical manifestation of the feeling that I think your son may be having, and I had at that moment, I chose to just not acknowledge it. Just to like ignore that it was there yeah. and go like, whatever. I hmm. don't even care anymore. Which I think was a really unhealthy place. Right. Because it left you kind of mute. It left you a little disassociated from kind of reality at a certain point. It took joy out of things. Because you just really didn't care. Like if something bad happened, it was like, meh, whatever. Right. And if you didn't care that something bad happened, you took the love out of it. And so I think that these feelings, although... They may be in your mind like kind of misplaced or misguided or high-siding to the worst possible scenario. It definitely comes from a place of love and caring. Yeah. And I think that was something that I did not focus on whenever I was deployed again because I, I purposely tried to remove that element because it was easier for me to not think about the people that I loved or consider that people loved me because it was just like, well, something bad is going to happen. It's going to happen. Then I don't really even care anymore. Mm. Yeah. So I think having those conversations, leaning into your faith, and then also acknowledging that 
because you have that faith and you choose to reach out to to God, that you're not going to get an immediate response. You're not going to get a telegram. Yeah. You're probably, you, you may, I don't know, you know, hear the voice of God in what you're doing in some shiny light with, you know, the cherubims all around. Like, it's it's solace. Yeah. It, but you have to, you have to find that relationship with your, your parents because you're, he's obviously worried about you guys and your faith to let them know that it's okay to have those feelings. But then also to reassure that, like, if something does happen, acknowledging the fact that, you know, it's a risk that you can't control. Our lives, all the things that happen around us are completely out of our control. Yeah. Being okay to some extent. I mean, it's devastating, but being okay with things not being in your control. Because that can also be liberating. It can help strengthen some of the tenets of your faith if, if that's something that, you know, you happen to believe in your religion. That uh, you, you can live your most prudent and you can live your life wrapped in self-preservation. But at the same time, that self-preservation and air quotes control you have over your life only goes so far. Right. Yeah. And so I think in the worry part, in a healthier version of what I have, being cautious and worrying maybe on a spectrum and just worrying to the point of not sleeping is an unhealthy part of that spectrum. Because again, you're not, you can't control it. So why fret over it? Right. But still living a very cautious life. Yeah. I and mean, we've talked to him, you know, pretty like we've gone through a bunch of verses in the Bible that talk about worry and how it doesn't add a day to your life and try to give him some like real and, and then just personal concrete examples of, you know, we worried about this thing, and it never got better because we were worrying about it. It got better because of whatever the situation was. Um, and even it, it's been interesting because it's given us opportunity to talk, like I said, about stories about our lives that otherwise wouldn't have come up. I don't know how I ever would have brought up to him that we had to pay for a building. Remember to tell you about that? So we owned a building when I had um, this design firm, we owned a building in Savannah and we worked out of it. Then this company bought us, but they didn't buy the building. They bought the company. And so then they rented the building that we owned from us for us to work in. Okay. Pretty sweet deal. Yeah, it sounds like it. Paying our mortgage. Yeah, for they're us. paying you for you to work in a building. So then they moved us. Right. And I quit. I remember that. But they left the building. And when they left the building, we were like, oh, well, still in your name, still in our name, still Ooh. paying for it. They're not paying rent anymore, so we tried to rent it out. Couldn't rent it out. Had a lot of trouble. I mean, a few people here and there, but basically got to a point where we had to each come up with, gosh, I think it was like $2,000 a month out of our pocket to pay this, to keep paying the loan on this thing. It was an expensive building. To keep paying the loan without any income from the building coming in. Hmm. And so I was telling him, like, you know, you were praying about something and you didn't feel an immediate, like, oh, yay, it's better, or it's not taken away right away. And I was like, here's an example of how that happened to me. I paid for that building out of pocket and stressed, because at the time, he was about 10 months old. Yeah. Baby, first baby, brand new, little thing. I got a new job, stressed about money, have to pay $2,000 in addition to life towards this thing. For three years. Wow. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and my friends prayed and it went on and on. 
and it didn't get answered for three years. And then all of a sudden, one day, it was gone. It was just like, we sold the building. It's clear. You don't have to pay that money anymore. It's done. And so my example to him was, if I had prayed for that to be taken away from me, and it was taken away from me the next month, wouldn't appreciate it. I would have not have appreciated it, but man, at the end of three years, think about how much money that is. Just like setting on fire and throw it to the wind, just gone. Because I didn't make any money off the building when we sold it. So I was so appreciative when it was finally gone. Uh, I felt a way that I never would have felt otherwise. And in those three years, I realized how important it is to learn how to manage your money. <laughs> and I mean, I didn't have a choice, right? Like mm -hmm. I had to be a lot more aware of money. And so I was trying to make the example to him that like a lot of times you're not going to get the answer you want because the answer is better than what you're asking for. I don't know how we got to this. My intention was not to talk about prayer necessarily, but it, it's been an example, a situation where I could not have had a reason to tell him that example from our own lives. Right. Um, which is actually kind of ironic because in and of itself, it is that thing that I just said, whoa, that's pretty crazy. Okay, I just got this. He prayed for that to be taken away from him. If it had been taken away from him the first time he prayed, I would not have had the chance to tell him that story about it not being taken away the first time. Yep. Whoa! Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's a... Uh... <laughs> that's weird. Inception thought. Anyway, uh, last night we had a big conversation before we went to bed. Because it's been several nights in a row of him feeling this way. Coming down, being upset. Uh, you know, we talked to him for a little bit. He goes back to bed and he comes down and he's upset again. And uh, last night was like a big... I told him that story and I told him a bunch of other stuff. We just had this big long conversation before bed. And he was really attentive. He's, he's a hmm. boy. Yep. <laughs> so he's usually a little like kind of attentive and then kind of not most of the time. He really paid attention and was listening hardcore to what I was saying, which is a really cool feeling when when a kid is not typically that way or not always oh, that yeah. way. They, so like they, all of a sudden they are staring into you. They demonstrate maturity beyond what you think that they're capable yeah. of. And it's like what I'm saying is working. It's it's sinking in. Yeah. It's not just like a, they get every other word. Okay, Dad. Yeah. So that was that was interesting and kind of new for us. Um and Jenny wasn't home, so I had this conversation with him before she got back. And um, it was good. It was good overall. And I think in last night, it, we he went to bed and did not come down. Hmm. Stayed in bed. And this morning I asked him how he was doing. He was like, yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm doing pretty good. You know, He's still kind of sullen, not his normal like attitude. Um, but I think the thing that's that's not worried me, but it just makes me feel really helpless about it is that he doesn't even know why he feels. Hmm. He just feels. Ugh. And he doesn't have a good reason. He can't point to a certain thing that makes him feel that way or that triggers him. He's just like anxious and just worried. And it's totally out of his character. It's not something that we've ever seen in him. And I just, I can't do anything about it. Well, I think that honestly in this situation, you know I mean? maybe overall, may be beneficial because if he can True. point to the thing, then he may just avoid that thing and never fully understand the depth of what you're trying to convey. That's a very, very good point. So if he read a book or watched a movie, then he would go, like, 
we, we were talking about Willow the other day for whatever reason. I'm like, ooh, I don't want to watch Willow because it made me <laughs> afraid or made me feel things that I didn't want to feel at the time. So I just avoid that thing and not come to the realization or explore that feeling right. and fix the underlying issue rather than just like, oh, I don't want to talk to that person or I don't want to see that movie. So I hmm. think honestly that may be a good thing because then he can come to grips with things that otherwise he probably would have avoided. Right. Well, that's a good point. It's and been I think it's also a strong point. I'm sorry. Again, no, but I think ahead. it's a strong point to know that you, you never know when those feelings are going to pop up. Hmm. True. And it's a universal truth of things that you're speaking about. Um, the RV was that for us. The RV was my ultimate test of faith and patience. Like I, I was in some dark places while we were traveling in that RV. Hmm. And you, you like I said, you, you never know how the situation is going to end up. I prayed the most like, and, and to try to be like the good kind of Christian, you don't want to like, Hey God, this is me praying for you to take this single problem away from me. So I right. just don't have to deal with it anymore. That'd be, let that'd be let your will be done as long as there's this thing I want. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of your will, if, if you're open <laughs> to suggestions for your will, how about me just not having to go do this thing? That would yeah. be really great. Yeah. That's what I think your will is, God. <laughs> so I can live my life, my best life. You know something really crazy? He said, 12-year-old boy, no, 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 12-year-old boy said, I'm, when I'm praying, I feel like I'm making up God's response in my own voice in my head, and I don't want that. I was like, oh, wow. I said, dude, that is a mature thing to realize. Did you ask him what God sounds like? Yeah, he kind of he kind of did the voice. He was like, I feel like it's like this response, kind of talking like this. (laughs) And I'm like... Sure. Okay. But it was really super cool that he had the wherewithal to realize that he was injecting his own response. Yeah. And he knew that was not cool. And I was like, man, the fact that you recognize that means that it's not a problem. Yep. It means that you are looking for the right thing. That's Yeah, proud. that you're going through trials, man. You're going yeah. through a, a moment that every single person on the planet has. I think he's approaching it in a very mature way. Mm-hmm. Rather than like lashing out or being rebellious, right? Or like cutting off all his hair because he feels like he needs to brood. Like he's addressing a problem in the most constructive kind of ways, and that's huge. Yeah. I hope my son. I hope he talks to my son whenever my son gets all broody and angry. <laughs> I mean, I, I I feel like it's one of those things that's going to eventually have a really positive you know, trickle down into the rest of his understanding of stuff and the mm-hmm. way he deals with things. I mean, he's in middle school. He's like... Middle school is the place... Man, if he's, you had a trial anywhere yeah. in life... Yep. Middle school. And I think he may be just just dipping his toes in that. I think so far, middle school's been like, I'm, I'm younger than everybody else here, but I'm kind of flying under the radar and, like, it's not a big deal and I got my couple friends. I think he's just now getting into the... Oh, wow. Like, I am... I have to start figuring stuff yeah, out. Yeah. And man, out of all of the middle school angst and middle school conflicts, my parents dying was never really on the radar. It was far more about me right. and my interaction with the people around me. I don't is that the new kind of bullying? Oh gosh. Like, oh yeah. I don't know. You're so ugly, your parents are gonna die. Oh my gosh. How that terrible would, be, would that be? Kids are mean. <laughs> I don't think anybody said that, to be clear. I don't know these kids these days, man, with their Xboxes and And stuff. And their Fortnite. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. 
So uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for him. Yeah, I am too. I but I also hate it for him. You know, I hate seeing him in a place that I can't really do anything to help. I know it's not my place to help. I think I think being supportive and and trying to talk to him, but I know it's not a thing I can fix. I guess that I, I can, think is a very I can important. Help, I can't fix. That's a, a very important distinction. Is it because it would be in my nature, like I mentioned earlier, to solve the problem for that? I know what you need to do. Yep. Here you go. Here's this what is what's do. up. Just yeah. do it like this. And people, it's yeah, that dumb analogy that my wife used a while ago after our kids were pitching a fit with their dumb tunnels. Are you talk about the tunnel? Tunnels? You got to let them go through their tunnel, man. When the kids are freaking out, <laughs> when they're, they're emotionally just like flooring on, on high, they're in a tunnel. And you want okay. them to immediately get out of that tunnel. Take a left. Take a right. Stop freaking out. Stop screaming. Mm. And they got to work it out themselves, go through their tunnel so that they can get out the other side. <laughs> and she did not explain it in quite the whimsical kind of like, <laughs> this is advice that you get from a blog that has no <laughs> practical application kind of voice that I'm using. But I think about that sometimes. Mm. And you think about the times where you've had to like come through a difficult situation. And right. If someone told you, like, here's your five steps to get over that feeling that you're feeling, you're probably not going to read that or you're probably not going to listen to those. But when you come to that realization on your own through guided prompts, Mm -hmm. you buy into it because you convince yourself that what you're saying or what you're thinking is the best course of action. Yeah, you get to the answer on your own. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And as a parent, I've had to do those a couple times, but it has not been quite that magnitude. Hmm. Um. I think it would be very difficult for me, I'm speculating, to not just go like, oh, do it like this. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I'm doing that without, I'm not trying to do that, but I find myself doing that. Like, just be okay. Yeah, you'll be right. Like, you'll grow up. You'll get past this. Don't just move on. And then I'm like, what? Have you tried just chilling out, man? (laughs) Well, and like, that was my initial response. And I know that's not super caring. And I know that's not helpful. And he's like literally walking up to us and saying, he said, I'm coming to you guys about this because I trust you and I think you guys are wise and I want to talk wow. to you about it. And I'm like, well, I can't be a jerk to you now. because I'm kind of <laughs> busy. <laughs> I mean, so like, it's awesome that he's, you know, he's... That would scare me, honestly, it, 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 if my son can't, like, man, he had the one day came home, we talked about it on here, about like the girl stuff. And he was like, dad, I need to talk to you down in my room. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. All of the things that is wrong right now. He's on crack. He got abducted. The police are coming. <laughs> He's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> he just wanted to talk about girls. So, like, in that that setup, like, I'm coming to you because you guys are wise and I need counsel, I would be a wreck. Yeah. I'm the worst kind of, like, employee when your manager's like, I need to see you in my office. I'm like, about what? I'm like, just come in my office. Like, no. I'm not doing that. We're ordering new trash bags. Is that cool? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Did so, you really man, that would be... Super scary. Yeah. But, I mean, he didn't lead with that, so it wasn't scary, but he... Oh, but my son would definitely lead for that. He has a, a <laughs> he's a very theatrical young man. Uh, he would do that just to watch me squirm. But, I mean, you know, that stuff is really cool, but it makes me like, okay, like, I can't just brush this. I don't want to brush this off, but mm-hmm. I can't brush this off and just be like, tough it out. You know, don't worry, it will get better because that's not what he's asking for. Uh, well, we, like I said the other day, with my son being being selfish, I had to do that same thing, and it wasn't quite the same level. But it's acknowledging that uh, being a dad is not just the fun parts; it's not just the silly, cool parts. Like yeah. you have to take the time to talk, 
And I remember with my dad, like I never had those kind of heart to heart moments with my father. I had them with my mother, mm. but I didn't necessarily, not to, to his fault, but I'm like, all right, I have to talk to him about this thing. He's being honest with me and I have to respect that honesty. I can't just throw it away because right. this is, this is trust building. Mm-hmm. I tell him all the time, we don't want you to lie. I want you to be able to come to me with all of your problems. We need to have an open, honest line of communication so that. I mean, just tell me where we need to bury the bodies and then we'll worry about it later. Don't lie to me. And so when he comes to me with like these really openly kind of childish kind of things, like I wish I didn't have a brother and sister because they annoy me and they take my toys. And I can be like, well, that sucks. Well, they're here to stay. So better <laughs> learn to share. We can't sell them. So, And like you're saying, it went down a path. It wasn't quite as deep, but it went down a deeper issues that he was having. Right. And I'm like, I have to take the time and I have to try to talk him through this. And it's, trying to ask him questions so that he can answer them for himself so hmm. that he can see the benefit of what I would just go, well, they are good for these reasons. You should change your thought process. Right. Ready, go. I go, well, if when you need help with this or if you want to play with whatever, who do you go to? He's like, my brother. Yeah. Whenever you need somebody who absolutely loves you and is excited whenever you make something cool, who is that person? Well, I mean, my sister does that like a lot. I'm like, exactly. And yeah. so, those are maybe those are like the the minor league things before the existential philosophical religious <laughs> you know issues come up it's the practice runs <laughs> well i mean it's all stuff that we've never dealt with right it's all stuff that we're figuring out how to respond to for the first time um have you this is a, a weird tangent, not trying to change the subject, but have you seen the new series, the new season of uh, Lost in Space? No. I but, know it's out. I haven't seen it yet. It's pretty good. We started watching it. We're about maybe halfway the, through. The end of the last season kind of lost me. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, you're wrong. But I'm <laughs> Noted. <just kidding. laughs> uh, I need a brick separator. Do you have a brick separator? There's, there's like, like 20 of them in there. <laughs> I um, well, I'll get it off. Don't worry. Uh, anyway, there's... There's a there's maybe a different emphasis on their family dynamic their their family thank you family history mm-hmm. um and so like in this episode we were watching it's about uh, Judy who's the adopted daughter yep right and so the one that drowned in the water she drowned in the first she was like in the frozen water in the first one oh yeah, yeah. she was about that I heard about that. So there's a bunch of flashbacks in this episode about her and her adopted dad and all the good times they had and all the, and it's just like going back. And I was, as I was watching it, I was thinking about just the reality of parenthood and about, you know, he was in a place where he's hurt and he's having these little flashbacks of all the times growing up with Judy and how he brought her into his family and he, you know, he went to run together and he taught her how to ride a bike. And, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. Like, I wonder if he like stayed up with her after bedtime and figured out how to talk to her about mortality and all this. Mm. You know, I just was thinking about, like, yeah. the show is just showing the one thing. And then it gets to a clip where apparently this character, the father, left his mother, left her mother, left mm. his wife. And some, I don't know, they didn't explain the whole thing. But he came back, and he was sitting up there talking to her about, I'm back now, we're going to be a family again, whatever. And he And she, her response was like, well, you just do right by everybody else in the family. I don't need you. And like turned around and walked off. And I was like, the wife or the daughter? No, the daughter. Oh. And 
that just, Ouch. I mean, that has nothing really to do with our family or anything like directly, but it was a very much just like they, she had been relying on him as a father, her entire life. And then he just left for whatever reason, whatever the situation was. And she learned how to do it on her own. Mm-hmm. And she was legitimately, she wasn't being mean. She was like, I've been taking care of this family without you. I don't need you. And the thing that stuck with me was like he had so many chances to build up good, but he made one pretty big mistake and like screwed up a lot of their future, you know, and they, yep. and whatever, they're friends and family now and everything's good. But it showed me in those moments where I get frustrated with uh, the kids for doing, you know, for not being okay or for like we've been dealing with this for several nights, just go to bed and that stuff like can have a, a bigger chain reaction in the yep. long term. And my inconvenience of a kid coming out of bed because they're upset should be the absolute last thing on my mind. Yeah. You know, because it's so easy to be like, it's nine o'clock, go to bed. And they're like, but yeah. I need to talk to you about this. The I'm bigger, like, go to bed. I, yeah, I think the biggest struggle with that is, man, it's, it's the battle of are they stalling? Are they trying to manipulate me? Or yeah. do they need my help? Or do they need my attention? And is my attention necessary right now? Or is it a distraction from like going to bed or taking a bath or whatever? And I think that's the hardest part because that's where the, the real frustration lies. Yeah. It's because you're, I mean, as much thought as, as you're given these things, and I've given those things, you don't want it to be abused. You don't want to think like what I'm trying to help you with. You didn't really want my help or care. You just didn't want to go to bed. Right. So, I mean, you don't want the crying wolf situation, but I mean, I guess as a parent, you have to go check on that wolf every single time. Yep. And we've, it's funny, man. We've told that story to each of one of our kids so many times in their lives. And Which still, one? the boy who cried wolf. Oh, yeah. And still, just about every time we say something like, don't cry wolf, they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, man, we got to go through the story again. And every time I tell it, because they're getting older, it gets worse. And so, like, at this point, if we tell the story, uh, the kid gets his arm taken off and is screaming for parents and, you know, they don't come. And so he just gets completely eaten by the wolves and spread out over the forest. And <laughs> like, so it get, you know, it started out and he was like, he was really scared and called it his family and they didn't come to get him because he, whatever. But. Oh no, that boy dead. <laughs> he is in chunks. Viciously murdered <laughs> because he annoyed their parents and didn't brush his teeth. Because he didn't go to bed. <laughs> no. Anyway, so that's, that's kind of what we're, hopefully on our way out of right now, but... See, but you're never out of those because there's so many kids. That's true. That's the thing. What's They're, caught me recently is that my middle son, who is the quiet one, who is the just, like, got a smile on his face most of the time, like, he's... Well, I think I talked about it. Like, he's been just angry at times. Like, he just super high sides. Hmm. And I have to address him in his own specific, like... He, he needs to be talked to and dealt with differently than my older son. Right. So as as heavy and as just like weighing on your heart as this situation is, and then looking down the line, I go, there's three more or two more or ten more, however many kids you have left. You're like, oh my, I got to remember this moment so that I can use it again. But that moment's not going to come the same way, and they're not going to have the same issues or respond in the same way. And so it's just that rather than him... Like, thinking that you guys are going to die, you should really worry about that you're viciously unprepared for the random stuff that you come up with as a parent. Like, that's a real 
threat. Yeah. <laughs> like being killed in like a, a rogue meteor or something like that's infinitesimal <laughs> compared to like, I don't know what any given moment, what you kids are going to do. And insider tip, I'm unprepared for just about 90%. Yeah. Of it. For most of them. <laughs> that's the stuff you should really be worried about for me. Yeah. Death yeah. and all. Yeah. That's a shame. But you guys come out of bed one more time. <laughs> we'll I'm have another death conversation. I'm having an aneurysm. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it, it's going to be a moving target. But the personalities between them are so different that uh, it's just it's impossible to predict the type of stuff. I mean, like, yep. even with his personality, I wouldn't have predicted that this would have been a concern yet. And the same time, maybe, I don't know, let's take a month ago. Any random night, I would have been sitting there going, like, at what point is he going to start maturing and not act like a complete idiot? <laughs> because that's what kids do, right? Uh, today. And and so I would always, I don't want to, I don't ever want to wish them into growing up. It's going to happen. They're yeah. going to get older. I don't want to, like, wish away days at all, and I make an effort not to do that. But I have thought, like, at what point, what's going to have to change for any of these kids to all of a sudden start to step toward not being completely selfish. irrational yeah. and completely selfish selfish and completely like not paying attention to the world around them because mm. that's what kids do they just don't realize the impact that they have even in their things they say and the stuff they do and so not too long ago i'm thinking about like man what what's going to be the thing that's going to start to edge him into the little bit of maturity that comes with being a teenager you know mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden i'm like in it Yep. I'm like, wow, he's maybe not changing in all the maturity ways that I would expect or that I would have thought would have happened in a particular order, but something's happening, you know? He's he's looking and considering stuff that he hadn't a week ago, so... Well, you remember that, like, thing we just talked about, about prayer not being, like, a helpline and immediately giving you a result? Mm-hmm. It seems almost, in in a very juvenile kind of way, that God looks... At, at, at every individual and was like, I'm going to wait for them to ask this question or have this really deep thought about someone around them. And I'm just going to like, bam, there it was. Had that one in my pocket the whole time. Right. Like, Oh, you me. really want him to grow up? Like you really want that for him? Okay. How's about that? <laughs> How about, that's, I'm that not going to go to bed because it sounds kind of, sounds kind of vindictive. I don't think that's quite the way that happens. Or it's a learning opportunity. He's like, yeah. yep. You keep thinking that. You keep thinking like, man, I really wish I could be better with money. <laughs> oh, yeah? I, and Here, lose a whole bunch yeah, of money for God a long time. sprouted up that building in the middle of the street, and you're like, wow, that's a pretty building. He's like, mm-hmm. It sure is. And it's it, the, the hard, the absolutely difficult things in life that make you question your faith or question, like, the love for the people around you. Like, those are the things you come, hopefully, you come out on the other end stronger. Right. And it's very easy to look back. And if you are a person of faith and in the same line of conversation, you're like, man, look what I did. I got out of that thing. I did all these things and I did such a great job. And now I can sit back and bask in the rewards of my efforts. But you could be worried about it and you can pray about it and go, God, you got to help me through this thing. And then somehow selfishly take the humanistic credit right. for what you did. Yeah. And I think you got to be one way or the other. I think to be true to yourself whether you you believe that or you don't believe that, if you find yourself feeling the 
you know, God or whatever, help me through this thing and go, look what I did. Like then you're being a hypocrite. Right. But if you're consistent across the board, then at least you can be honest with yourself. Right. So pick a team or pick a camp. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty crazy, but it's good. I think overall it's, it's been a good thing for him and for us. It's just one of those challenges. One of many that will come up, I think. Um, it's it's been interesting talking to him about like his concern about us dying or something happening to us. It's not very been very specific, but in in me saying like, well, I mean, hopefully that's a really long time away. None of us know. Like any mm-hmm. any of us could go at any time, and it doesn't mean that the oldest person is going to go first. It none of that stuff matters. But like, I have to look at my parents. They're a lot older than I am. Theoretically, they're going to die before I went. I am. My granddad, I was there for all of that, and he's older than they were. So it's like, I'm trying to let him know, like, you know it's a thing that's going to happen, but just know that, like, everybody feels that way about the generations behind them. You you look at your older family and you worry about those same things. If you spend your life and your time with them worrying about losing them, then you're not enjoying the time you have with them. And so you're really just yeah. wasting... You're, you're dreading the future rather than enjoying the now. Yeah. 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 And so that was, I don't know if that sunk in with him, but it got me thinking about it more, which is interesting. You know, well, I mean, just- I lost my mom in, I would say, earlier than, than you know, should have in the, in the same vein. Like right. your, your grandparents, you, you figure that death would be like a succession. You just eventually, you're done with your years on this planet and then you're just not here anymore. My mom died in her mid, early to mid forties, and it, it's the same thing. Like building those relationships and building those times that you have with the people now, everybody, friends, family, the people right. that are dear to you, strangers on the street that you can just be kind to, uh, helps push off that dread that they're not going to be there anymore. And I say be there, but. In, in lieu of you being sad that they're not going to be there, then be here with them. Like right. be in that moment and build those relationships, build those memories, have that, that learning things that you can take away. Um, when my grandfather passed away recently, I sat down my oldest son. We talked about it. Hmm. He wanted to know where I was going. I figured he was mature enough to understand death. He understands that my, my mom isn't around. He didn't get to meet my mom by a, a year, but it was the same thing. My grandmother, my mom's mom passed away a year before I was born. She was killed in a car accident. Hmm. And I remember one night as a kid, I was super upset that I, I mean, I was younger. I was maybe, let me see what house I was in. I have to think about how old I was by what house I lived in. Oh, yeah. I was in like the first grade. And I remember being so upset one night and not being able to go to bed because I was, I never got to meet my grandmother who I never met. Hmm. I saw like a few pictures around our house. So parenting wise, like a completely atypical reaction. And so he's like had old real to real movies. And so he's like put on a real to real movie and it made me feel better. Hmm. And so it wasn't just like I thought my parents were going to die. I was just upset over a thing that I didn't know, had no context for, was no trigger. I was just like madly upset about it. And so I wanted to talk to my son about my grandfather. And we talked about like learning things and taking things from people in your past and how it affects who you are right now. Uh, we used the movie Coco. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Really good movie. Uh, it it addressed a lot of the issues kind of that we're talking about, but mm-hmm. it puts it in a very positive light that just because somebody has died, you remember them and you honor them 
and they parts of them become a part of you. Right. And so in the same like if if your child or whoever has these feelings of dread, it may be the complete opposite stance. It's like, well, good. If I'm dead, then you'll get these things from me. Like not to lean into the fact, not to you know, you hopefully you want to kind of dispel some of that that anxiousness over death. Not to lean into the fact, like, yep, not only am I gonna die, you're gonna die too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, giving it a, an optimistic outlook because mm. he sees my wife's grandmother, who is you know she's got dementia. She he sees the older generations of our family are not doing well, right? And it's people that he knows, not just a person that I happen to know, and there might be a picture or two around her house, like, um. He made a comment the other day. Um, we got new health insurance cards. And d- my son was like, what is that thing? She's like, oh, it's a health insurance card. I keep my wallet. And he was like, is that for Gigi? And she was like, what? Like my wife's grandmother. Because he knows that she needs you know, medical help. He's like, oh, is that where you, know, you give her help at like the doctor? Oh. Hmm. I'm like, wow, that was like right on the front of your mind. Like you didn't know what a thing was, but you automatically went to that assumption. I was like, so you've had to think about that. Yeah, yeah. And so we're talking so we recognize about recognize that somebody needs help. And right. Like, yeah. Hmm. And talking about my grandfather and just, you know, especially you know, being my grandfather was a person of faith also. And so it's, you know, there's more to life than right now. There's more to life than the immediacy of what's going on around you, the little irritations or the little problems. It's about, you know, leaving your, the relationships you have with people, making this world a better place, all those things. And I mean, he was sad, but like it, it made him comforted in that moment and i was able to through that comfort myself because i lost my grandfather right and so having those conversations about death and it didn't precipitate to what your son had to where like he just looked around and saw like every person who kind of looks old in his mind is going to die right now but i think it kind of helped with that conversation Hmm. and i never had anybody when i was growing up that died all my grandparents all live. I mean, everybody was relatively healthy. I think the first person I know that passed away was in my basic training class. Hmm. I was 20. Wow. And then like it all happened. A whole bunch of people died all at once. Yeah. And then it seems like now a whole bunch of people are kind of passing away again. But it's something that you don't, there's no block of instruction at school about <laughs> how to deal with death. Yeah. There's not like. Every day you sit down, you finish watching DuckTales. I'm like, well, now is our time. It's grief counseling to, Yeah, time. to like, let's all speak about death and the the eminence of people passing away. Let's make a list of who you think is going to pass away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. That's yeah, that's not that. an incremental preparation. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's traumatic. Um, so if anything, this unfounded fear is preparation practice. Hmm. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. I mean – yeah, I I think it's a step forward for him. I just hope it doesn't continue to be a problem for him. You know what I mean? Because like you get to a point where you anyone in their life and you realize your own mortality and you realize the mortality of other people and it affects you, but it shouldn't continue to affect you in a negative. It should affect you in a positive way, right? right? Start taking stock of things, uh, changing your priorities and your perspective on stuff. It shouldn't like debilitate you, and uh. I just don't want it to have any any of that effect on him past what it should, you know. Uh, like, I understand that it's upsetting to him right now. I just don't want him to dwell on it, so. Well, that's kind of hit me recently with the new year. I was listening to, to No Dumb Questions with 
Destin and, and Matt. And Matt brought up a point that we all together as as a human race seem to to bind together around New Year's to celebrate this kind of like this new starting over. And it, I don't remember exactly how he did it, but I it resonated with me to how he was saying it that like not that hooray we're all looking forward to what's to come is that we all collectively survived the previous year hmm. so that we can band together and go out through all of that stuff we made it through and so that should bind us as a society as a you know, human race and i had never thought about that perspective before because then i thought about the upcoming year and i'm like oh my god what are we gonna have to survive yeah like oh like a lot of people are not going to make it. People are going to, who in my mind is not going to make it yeah. to, to 2021. What is going to happen? Is there going to be yet more war? Is the planet going to implode? Is everything going to be on fire more than it already is? Like, holy crap. And it's an election year. So we're all going to hate each other at some point. Like, Ugh. Ugh. yeah. And so I started having those feelings like you're talking about, like, but I had to stop because I didn't want to dwell on it. I didn't want to give the new perspective of the new benefits or what could be, you know, I didn't want to start off on a, from a place of dread. Right. Yeah. And I don't think that that was his intention. I think it was that, you know, it, what all binds us together as a human race. But I mean, it, that hit me with that point. Hmm. I'm like, Oh, I've never well, thought about new years like that before. I mean, on the heels of, of personal loss, that makes a lot of sense. Right. That, that would be where you, your mind would go. But Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I lost people throughout, not not when I was super young. Like, my grand, grandparents, I remember them dying, but I wasn't super close to them, and I was really young, so that wasn't a wasn't traumatic. Um, my aunt, my mom's sister, died pretty young when I was uh, a teenager, I guess. Um, and then it was, like, all through college, and then I lost... A grandmother and then, or a grandfather and then a grandmother and then my other grandmother. And so, uh, you know, it, that's kind of stuff you would expect, right? Yeah. I never had any like younger, never had any siblings or younger friends. I mean, actually, one of the weird things uh, a few years back, a guy that I went to church with growing up, we were in elementary school, middle school, high school together. Um, he died of a heart attack at like, 39 or 40 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm that age. And like, we we're the same age, I think within a couple of months of each other. Now granted, we physically are very different, but still like, wow. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. And then, you know, not too long ago, my brother-in-law who's super healthy, way yep. healthier than me, a little bit older, had almost had the heart attack that just kills you right away and they got in the hospital time and he's fine but that was a wake-up call for everybody in the family just like stuff you can't predict yep and it wasn't like a i didn't work out and i had too much pizza kind of heart attack it was just like a thing that happens and you can't ugh. so i've not had to deal with a whole lot of death in my life but um it's been at least in the progression that you would kind of expect for the most part you know grandparents and older people and I've been fortunate enough, I guess, to be able to deal with it where I was already maturing a little bit. Um, and I, I really hope my kids don't ever have to deal with it before they're mature enough to be able to handle it well, you know, but. Well, it sounds like uh, 
at least your older your oldest son is on the right path to be able to deal with that when and if it does come up. Yeah, I think so. Um, I hope so. But anyway, that's what's been going on with us. It's been interesting and uh, trying, but I think will end up being one of those good things. Like I was trying to explain to him, I think it will have a, a positive impact down the road when he gets out of it, or or at some point because he's out of it. Yeah. That's my hope anyway. So, that's that. Right on. I don't think I have anything else to say about it. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Um, what else do we got? What, how long are we in? Oh, we're in a minute and eight minutes. I mean, an hour and eight minutes. A minute and eight minutes? That's like nine minutes. That late. Uh, you were mentioning uh, some of the places we're going to be this year. Oh, yeah. We should do that. Yeah, because we have... If you're listening, then you probably kind of, you know, like we're buddies, we're friends, yeah. so you may want to come hang out with us. We've tried to, well, with the new year, we've uh, we've tried to kind of plan out, you know, our strategic goals. And, to, you know, historically, you have not liked to travel unless you need to travel. Or you've traveled to certain things because it kind of is the most advantageous area to travel. Yeah. But I, I want it to be worthwhile for right. travel. I'm from away from the family. We're trying to not purposely trying to ramp up travel, but there are more <laughs> opportunities for us to do it, and I think that you are less resistant to it. I'm realizing that there are a lot of benefits that I've been neglecting, and now my kids are a little bit older. It's a little less of a chore for one parent to take care of four kids. Hmm. I think that has something to do with it. Yeah. Like we can be like, go do your chores <laughs> and they wipe your own butt. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's part of it, but figure out death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go, go think about mortality yeah. for a while, but okay. So to, to give an update as to plans that we are, uh, it's beyond tentative. Like we are planning on being at these things. Yeah. So we have a trip to Chicago coming up for a project video. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, we officially saying workbench cone. Uh, yeah, we'll be there. Okay. I, the The capacity in which we'll be there is still not a hundred percent clarified. But you and I may be giving a class together. Yes, which has never happened Maybe before. That will be interesting. Man, that'll be fun. It will be. I think, I think it'll be cool. fun for the two of us, and other people just get to happen to watch. <laughs> uh, so WorkbenchCon. There should be Nerf guns in, in Atlanta. Oh, you're going to be with your back to me, talking to a crowd. <laughs> and I just do whatever I want. And I just have to ignore all of the beams to the head. <laughs> Uh, what else? There's something. So the uh, Chicago thing, um, we're going for a specific reason. We're not going to be there for. Yeah, it's not meetup worthy or anything. Well, we're just, it's kind of, it? I don't, I don't know how much time we're going to have. Well, according to the Airbnb people or that guy, we will have no parties. There'll be no tomfoolery, no ballyhoo in this man's <laughs> ballyhoo. apartment. Well, I didn't mean like a meetup no in the Airbnb, but we're going to be there to, to shoot a, a thing with someone else and there may be time in that one evening. Mm. So if you're listening to this and you're in the Chicago area, if there's like a cool place, actually I know of a really cool barcade that we could go hang out at. I dig barcades. I want one in our town. I want to open it. I don't know what, where hey, it can is. Can I borrow some money? <laughs> I got like <laughs> 10 bucks. Um, I don't know where it is in relation to where we're staying, but maybe that would be cool. I don't know if you're in that area and you think it'd be cool just to like meet up somewhere and say hi, no promises, but it might be fun. Yeah, so Chicago, Atlanta for WorkbenchCon. That's February. For February. There's something else. Maker Central. I thought there was something before that. Not that I'm aware of. Okay, Maker Central is beginning in May in England. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go see Jocko? 
Uh, we're going to Paris. I don't know if, we want to, if we're going to Paris we're going to, to Paris. go. Are we going to say who we're meeting up with? No. Okay. Uh, we're going to Paris. Mm-hmm. Hopefully shoot some video. And then we're going to hang out with Jocko in Italy. Mm-hmm. He's facing the right direction. Those are not facing the same direction. Um, and that's going to be cool. And then after that, we're coming back and... Oh, I don't know when... Mm. Did you talk to them people about that thing that I said? The thing that you the, said. Were those other people receptive to that thing that I said? Oh, you talked about it in the after show, didn't you? I don't know what you're talking about. Did you talk to uh, Jimmy and David about the Oh, tour? I did. They were. Yes. Okay. <laughs> did Does they that need were. to be bleeped out? I, you said it in the after show. No. Uh, no, it doesn't have to be bleeped out. Okay. I don't want to commit to anything, cause we're, but they were interested. I'm scheming. <laughs> I'm trying to take... This show on the road. I'm actually trying to take making it. <laughs> Not this show. Although we could do we this could. show. At the yeah, same that time. was the original idea, but I, okay. I wanted to wrap it up. We wanted to take it on the road, do like a three or four city tour. is a is an idea. It's not even a plan. It's an idea that I'm scheming with right now. So yeah. uh, I'm pretty much just researching really, really nice theaters that I want to go see. Oh, and I then see. you guys can just go on we'll on stage, and I'm going to get to walk around with an all access pass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go. I'm the stage manager. Yeah, I'm allowed to be here. But I yeah, need M and M's. I need M and M's right now. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be doing a lot of stuff. I'm sure other things will come up this year as well. But mm-hmm. we're you trying about doing to... classes at Jimmy's. Uh huh. Yeah, we're doing something at Jimmy's in the fall for sure. I don't know exactly when, but I'll definitely be up there at some point. So yeah, we'll be around this yeah. year, doing a lot of stuff. So we'll hopefully, we will be in a place that is kind of close to where you are. And you can come hang out. Shake your hands. Let us know if this podcast. <laughs> Shake your hands. Yes. <laughs> you can, you can do jazz that, hands. That's in clapping in sign language. We could all just stand there and clap at each other. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's the plan. Uh, hour and 15 minutes. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. We're going to be fine you. On the internet, it's the Josh underscore make stuff. Find me and all of us at I like to make stuff on all the stuff. Um, big thanks to our Maker Alliance members who helped make this show possible. Help me That's buy vintage back. Lego sets <laughs> to do on the show. Uh, if you want to check out the Maker Alliance, they get exclusive videos. Um, we're working on behind-the-scenes stuff right now. They always get to see all the videos early. They get to see the video. that This is Thursday that we're recording. There is a video that's supposed to be out right now, but we're waiting on sponsors, but all the Maker Alliance people have already seen it. Yep. They get free plans. Yep. Discord access. Oh, they get free plans with this one, too. That's true. Man, yep. you guys are yep. you guys are getting a lot of stuff from a video that's not even <laughs> legally allowed to be published yet. <laughs> Yeah, so go to com slash join. Yep. If you want to check that out, a list of everything there. Um, thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.